This, this is an Algoa FM news exclusive. If you've been following this case, and I know that you are because you're listening to this podcast, uh, then you will know that Arnold's latest bail application based on new facts was dismissed just two days before Christmas. Magistrate Kribben Pelev was very quick to deny bail and reminded the accused on why his other applications failed, but adding that he now believed Arnold was trying to influence a state witness, in particular Leonie Jordan, Vicky's cousin in an attempt to put a new version before the court. He also agreed with the state that it was rather peculiar that Arnold never told his legal team about his relationship with Pindele Zweni. If you don't know the story of Zweni, you can catch up on episode 7 of this podcast entitled The Friendship. So now I will share some evidence with you to explain why Magistrate Pillay said that Arnold showed a propensity for interfering with a witness. It was Saturday evening, the 15th of May, 2022. By now, Arnold has been in custody for six months. It was 10 minutes before 10 p.m. when Leonie, who lives in Gauteng, got sent a photograph on WhatsApp of Vicky from a number she didn't recognize. It was the picture we all know so well, taken at Vicky's last birthday celebration with a beautiful blue jersey on, Leonie was present when this photograph was taken in St. Francis Bay and obviously it spooked her. So she replied, Who are you? Why are you sending me this photo? So the person on the other end responded with the following message. Vicky Ter Blanche Libbe, which is her maiden name, by the way. A cruel and unnecessary murder, leaving behind a husband and minor child. Allowing a gay man without a career money or a car with two young men aged 21 and 19 to live with them using drugs 24-7 while exposing her minor son to be around such characters. No one with an income except the husband's allowance. Playing with fire after leaving behind a caring husband and living a life of luxury. Now the mystery person sent another photograph of Vicky to Leone, but this was a very, very unflattering photograph. Now that we know that Vicky did use drugs prior to her death, I would not be surprised if this was a photograph of her being high. And if so, where would this person get a photograph like that? No woman in her right mind would allow anybody to keep such an unflattering photograph on their phone. It doesn't even look like Vicky knew that her picture was being taken. I mean, it looked terrible. She had no makeup on, visible pimples, a double chin. I mean, we all have those days, right? But we certainly don't want it captured on film. So Leonie was now getting upset and said, please stop this. Tell me who you are. I'm no longer entertaining this. Say what you want to say and get it done. The person replied and said, well... This is what Vicky looked like after just eight months and after many more one-night stands. The messages continued. In a relationship with Leach for only three months and pregnant while using drugs 24-7. A cash abortion, never through medical aid, to hide the seventh abortion since 2000. Barely something to be proud of. And then an unplanned drug-induced murder after a threesome gone wrong and theft of most of her valuable belongings, including the sale of her vehicle. Nothing was ever enough for these drug addicts. 
by now, Leonie had checked the phone number on Truecaller and it was registered to a person called Golani Mavi. Leonie responded again saying, Yo, but you know a lot. Are you getting paid to do this? Or, or were you involved so we can include you in this case? Seeing that you don't play open cards about who you are, I won't entertain any of this. There are professionals working on this case and I'm not part of it, so stop harassing me. So the person on the other end replied, Where were you when she needed help to escape from this manipulative gangster? Leone immediately sent the conversation to the investigating officer, Kanaswanapul. Now, I just want to highlight my initial thoughts when I first saw these WhatsApp messages with my own eyes. The very first thing that caught my eye when I saw it was, whoever had sent them made several spelling errors. Vicky's name was spelled incorrectly, as well as her maiden name was spelled incorrectly. Even a simple word like career was spelled with two R's. But in the very same sentence, the person has no issue spelling a word like necessary. Now, the use of the word gay also caught my eyes because this would be the second time this word was used to refer to Reinhard Leach, Vicky's boyfriend. In Arnold's last bail application, when he denied paying bribes to have Leach moved to another prison, he said it was Zweni who wanted to move Leach because they did not like his gay tendencies. So this is my theory, that whoever wrote this tried to deliberately make spelling errors. But as the conversation evolved, the spelling became flawless. So I'm not sure if this is what led to the raid at St. Albans, where phones were confiscated. But I can tell you that not only did Kana Swanepoel trace the number straight to St. Albans, he also established that the same number registered under the name of Trolani Mavi had been communicating with Crystal Wiggle. Arnold admitted to having a phone in prison. In fact, he allegedly paid bribes to ensure that he be warned before there is another raid. Well, it's a good thing that Leone kept these messages as it was crucial for the state in the latest failed bail application. Arnold is appealing this ruling and will be taking the matter to the High Court in Makanda. In the next episode, I've invited Kobeha psychologist Dave Swart to talk about narcissism and how most of the time we slap that label onto someone, but is it really fair if that person has not been clinically diagnosed as such? What impact also would incarceration have on a narcissist? That, that was an Algoa FM news exclusive.